Welcome to the MBA Jam Podcast with your host, Avinash Bajaj. Hello, folks. Welcome to another episode of the MBA Jam. This is your host and founder, Avinash. Today, we are talking to Kartik Vishwanathan. Kartik has 10 plus years of experience in product management. In fact, Kartik is one of those fortunate people who started his journey in product development very early on, as opposed to someone like me who almost stumbled into it. We will explore more in that later in the show. Kartik's journey started at Wipro Technologies right after his engineering at Anna University in India. Since then, Kartik has worked in product management across different companies such as Sprinkler, 24-7 Innovation Labs, and Flipkart. Currently, Kartik works as Senior Product Manager at LinkedIn. Initially, I thought that's LinkedIn India standalone, but Kartik explained an interesting concept on how he works on LinkedIn, so we'll explore that as well. Kartik has done his MBA from Illinois State Institute of Technology, which has prompted us to speak to him today. Kartik, welcome to the show. Awesome. Thank you, Avinash. Thanks for having me. <laughs> no worries at all. So, Kartik, how would you like to describe your journey in your own words? Uh, at least the early part of my life, right? At least my schooling and uh, engineering. It's more of uneventful, I would say. <laughs> like anyone who's, who has started uh, during my age, right? So everyone ended up doing some engineering. And uh, that's how I also ended up uh, doing my engineering. And um, my father and uh, father actually is kind of a guy who actually uh, sh- given me a lot of inspiration. And uh, during my engineering also, see, he always wanted me to do computer science engineering. And that's how I ended up. And as you know, uh, mm. uh, in India, like f- parents have a lot of say in what we choose. Yeah. And uh, we, I ended up doing computer science engineering. And uh, after that, I started uh, working for Bipro. So during that time, it was a major achievement. I ended, in, uh, ended up working for Bipro for like four years. And um, yeah, the journey at, until that was kind of uh, good. Mm-hmm. And after that, I felt like, okay, so I feel like I'm not uh, fulfilling my passion and I was not doing a lot of programming and I feel like I'm not doing my best. So that's when I wanted to do something and uh, I identified uh, MBA. So I tried distance learning, I tried part-time and then I said, okay, I'm not getting enough value out of all this. So I wanted to do a full-time MBA. So that's how I moved on to uh, do a full-time MBA. I see. Yeah. I see. I see. Interesting. So, so basically, after your engineering, you were Wipro for four years. That's pretty long. Uh, yeah. What What inspired you to continue? So there are a couple of reasons. Uh, the reason is uh, I got a lot of uh, exposure. So basically, I was part of the telecom uh, um, vertical within Wipro, and that was uh, kind of booming at that point in time, like two thousand one to two thousand five. Uh, and 2005 afterwards, the telecom was booming and I, ha- I had an opportunity to work uh, and work at Sweden, work in uh, UK for a year. Hmm. So that kind of an experience, uh, that's what actually kept me uh, in Wipro for four years. And uh, the kind of interaction and global exposure which I got uh, during those four years was pretty impressive. And I was actually, even though I was working for Wipro, which is considered to be a service organization. Actually, mm-hmm. I was working on a product called Kramer, mm-hmm. which is uh, owned by Amdocs, right? So we were doing uh, system integration work for uh, um, like 
Taliesin era in Sweden and uh, H3G in UK and Cable and Wireless in UK and uh, those sort of companies. So eventually, I was kind of intrigued with the kind of product that Kramer was, right? So, mm. and even during uh, my time at Wipro, uh, during those four years, I I was kind of not satisfied because. I, after one or two years, I, I found that uh, programming, programming is not something which uh, I wanted to do, right? Hmm. So one way to do that is, okay, I'm not an exceptional programmer. <laughs> I understand I understand systems. Uh, I understand how each system interact with each other and systems um, design and other stuff. Other stuff. But uh, I'm not a good programmer, I, to be honest, right? So, so that's actually uh, started, I started questioning myself, okay, what I wanted to do next, right? So I said, okay, something I wanted to do in management, that I was very clear. And uh, so I want, I tried distance learning. I uh, registered with Amity University and I tried distance learning MBA hmm. when I was working with uh, Wipro. Okay. But... What happened was, um, after the first semester results, I didn't prepare anything, but the results were like pretty good. Then I realized, okay, I didn't, I'm not doing something for the score, but I'm not learning anything from that distance learning because there is no peer group. There is nothing. I'm just reading the book and then I'm just going and writing something. So that was not actually what I wanted to do, uh, even during, uh, even uh, when I was doing my MBA, right? So, so that, that's when I decided, okay, I want to do it full time. Yeah, interesting. So, after four years, uh, and when your parents, when you are trying to convince your parents that I want, you want to do a full time MBA, it's a tough job. That uh, especially Indian parents, they have their own plans for you, and uh, when you go and tell them that I want, I want to do an MBA. So it was a tough job after four years to convince them, but actually Wipro gave me like good exposure, international exposure. And I had an opportunity to talk to multiple people uh, across different organizations there. And um, yeah, that that actually kept me uh, with Wipro for four years. Yeah, interesting. I mean, yeah. you don't have to tell me about, you know, engineering that makes it two of us. I was so bad at engineering myself. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> I, I joined boss and and as in, in the automotive engineering and i sucked at it uh, yeah. i was so bad that I, I keep wondering why the hell did i continue for so long i i worked there for three and a half years before i came to do my mba as well and to be honest it, the last couple of years just passed by because you know when you're preparing for your mba it takes mm. you a year or sometimes two years to even get into um, the school because there's a lengthy process sometimes. Exactly. So yeah. after one and a half years, I started disengaging and the remaining two years were like just going through the motions. <laughs> yeah. And uh, and especially, right. So uh, as I mentioned, so similarly, like my last one, one and a half years, it just went through with my uh, preparation, uh, like GMAT, TOEFL and all those things. And uh, the first in the in between one year, I tried the distance learning, and mm. rest rest of some uh, some time, I just went to the uh, uh, UK and Sweden. So that actually four years just flew. That's that's what happened. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Because one of my questions was going to be, uh, did you consider uh, a technical degree instead of MBA? But I guess you already answered that. Yeah. So that's what. Like, so I'm not a very good. Uh, I was not a very good programmer, but I had a good understanding of the system and. Mm. Uh, 
how systems talk to each other. I kind of, I was interested on the platform angle, but not on the programming uh, side of things. Yeah, same here, same here. In fact, in fact, looking back, I think if if I knew that there was an option to go into product management in the way I am right now, then yeah, I would have just taken it because I was more interested in understanding how the different bits connect to each other, but not really mm-hmm, interested mm-hmm. in making it happen myself. Exactly. So the thing, uh, especially when I went for my MBA as well, right, I was not sure what I was going to do. Uh And uh, even 2009 time, uh, product management in India was not that uh, well known. It was not even uh, talked about uh, function. And uh, when I was going, uh, when I was like planning to do my MBA, I was like, okay, let one thing I was uh, planning was strategy. Yeah, everyone was thinking about strategy and I said, okay, let me go and do something in strategy. But one thing I was sure was I wanted to go and uh, do it in a technical school. Mm. Like even all my applications, uh, I applied only to say Tamu and Georgia Tech and those kind of technical universities. Mm. So that's something which I was pretty clear. I want to do something on the technical and strategy. So that, that was the one clarity I had. But rest of the thing was like an open field i just went there that's it yeah very interesting i think i think we're very similar trajectories you started in 2009 i started in 2010 and, okay. and you're absolutely right it, it, there was no concept of product management in india back then like how it is now um yeah absolutely had the same exposure that was the first time i came here and and i understood that there's an option to even do something called product management so yes <laughs> very yes. very interesting so you, you mentioned a little bit about the different uh, options uh, you had in terms of universities. Which are the other universities you did consider? Uh, I considered uh, Texas A&M and uh, Georgia Tech. Cool. So uh, what so what so, made you choose um, Illinois? Especially the the finance and scholarship. <laughs> so <I'm, laughs> That's a really so, good reason. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. And uh, you know, it's it's pretty expensive uh, to do MBA in the US, and without scholarship, and uh, I feel you can't uh, like afford. So even there are a few constraints, uh, and uh, one thing is just accept those constraints and do best uh, whatever you can, and uh, just. Just go there. That's that's how I went there, actually. And uh, as you see, it's on, it was it was 2009. So mm. 2008 was when all the crash happened. That's true. <laughs> like Lehman Brothers and all those things happened, and uh, it was a huge risk. Maybe I could have chosen a better uh, tech university, but yeah. So I didn't have an option, and my parents were like, "Hey, you are already 26. <laughs> no more like uh, staying here." So yeah. you just gonna do it it's now right and uh, even my parents were uh, like like having conditions like they were of two minds whether to whether to send me there and I was like pretty like stubborn that I wanted to go and finally the verdict came from my grandmother telling oh failure we can manage but if he regrets it after like 10 years that he could have done an MBA uh-huh. then that's not something which he can uh, afford in his life so he has to go so. That's good. That's good. That's good. Yeah, that, that's really good. That's really good. I mean, yeah, the scholarship is is, is, is very tricky. I, I have still very mixed feelings about it. I had a scholarship at UC Irvine, mm-hmm. uh, but I chose not to go there. <laughs> and oh, okay. In fact, I paid full money and came to London. Yeah. It took, uh, it took me yeah. a long, took me a longer time to repay it. <laughs> yeah. So that, that that's the thing, right? So 
I had to consider this thing as well, okay, whether I will land in a job or not, mm. given the situation in the US with all the crash. And so I had to, if I had to pick one, then I had to pick something which is a safer option. Yeah, exactly, exactly. So so you went to the US, you started your MBA, that was a two-year course. Yeah. Um, and I, I think during that, you did an internship at Murphy Ventures. Yeah. What was that all about? What What were you doing there? So, especially when I went uh, and started my MBA, so um, it was pretty interesting thing. So I didn't go there with any expectation. Hmm. I just went there and said, okay, let me go and figure out things, figure things out when, when I'm there, right? So, mm-hmm. so initially I started doing some courses which are mandatory and then I started to learn ropes. So I, I identified some courses where we had a lot of people uh, who uh, came from different, uh, different uh, industries and different kind of jobs, right? And I identified a lot of professors who uh, are doing different uh, like experiments and uh, they are they are kind of doing a lot of insights and analysis and they are doing a lot of research. Mm. So this internship uh, was a part of one of the research um, um, my professors were doing. So it was actually to mimic the recruiter. So that's where I got into this uh, machine learning and uh, data analysis and all the stuff where, uh, so given 100 resume, how a recruiter might make a decision based on the job description uh, or a particular role, Hmm. right? So they will have uh, multiple aspects that they will look for in a candidate, Hmm. right? So we were trying to build a system which will actually extract multiple aspects of a candidate from a resume and we will try to build a model of the recruiter and we will say, hey, these are all the candidates who might meet your bar. So this actually was trying to reduce the recruiter's job instead of them like going through number of resumes. So they just can go through a filter set of resume, which our model will suggest. I see. So that, that was back in 2010. That means you were exposed to concepts of machine learning and AI very early on. Yeah. So that, that that's one thing which interesting uh, thing that has happened during my MBA. And uh, so that's what, right? Uh, I was trying to figure things out there. And uh, fortunately, I landed uh, and I ended up meeting a lot of professors who were actually trying different things. And one of the professors was trying this behavioral psychology and Mm. all the stuff. And this ended up there. And uh, he is someone who who was deep into uh, this data analysis and machine learning. And uh, he gave me this opportunity and yeah, that's that actually triggered me in understanding what is machine learning, what is AI and how it is being used in uh, tech world. And I see. from there, actually, uh, everywhere I kind of did something or the other in each of my uh, role in all the companies that actually touched something uh, in data analysis and in, uh, machine learning. I see. Very interesting. Is that something you already had uh, experience at Wipro or was that completely different? That was completely different. So I had to spend a lot of time and um, I even, uh, I had to learn R myself and I had to build uh, classification uh, regression trees. So it was, and I had to uh, interview a lot of recruiters to 
identify what are the aspects that they look at during um, like filtering the candidates and then bringing those aspects uh, into the model. So actually that was a pretty intense internship, I would say. <laughs> nice. That, that's really interesting though. That That's pretty cool. Did, did, you, did you know you could end up doing something like this or it just happened to be? It happened. That's it. So nice. I would say I was always, the thing was uh, I was always keeping my uh, eyes and ears open mm. in the college. So I wanted to know what each professor is doing and um, what everyone is doing. So that way I uh, happened to meet this professor, discuss with them. And I always come up with some crazy ideas. And I used to throw this idea and he will, he will just uh, thrash it and say, Hey, this is a pathetic idea. <laughs> and so I used to, and, and it came up like that. And he asked me whether I'm interested and I said, why not? Anyways, I'm here to learn. Yeah. Why not learn one more skill? Well, yeah, <laughs> nice, fantastic, fantastic. So, so after, so that that was during the MBA. After your MBA, you ended up joining Sprinkler. Yeah. Did you uh, did you uh, were you there in the US or did you come back to India? Yes, I, it was there in the US. So uh, the job market was not that good, especially uh, doing uh, after completing from IIT. But so I started looking for jobs. Uh, uh, even after my uh, like second semester, that's end of first uh, first year uh, as well. Hmm. So I ended up doing everything I can to find job. Right, I ended up networking with all people, and even when I was there in uh, Chicago, I enrolled myself as a part of uh, Chicago Booth Schools Innovation Roundtable, so that hmm. at least I found okay, I can find people and I can talk to people. So that uh, Innovation Roundtable meets uh, was ma- meeting every uh, first Tuesday of a month. Mm. So there I will go, someone will come and present, but I will try to meet people. So I tried everything to find a, a job. Um, and in the end, actually, I got a job through my friend's dad. Mm. So my friend's dad's friend. It was a C, was a COO uh, at a Sprinkler. It was a very, very early stage company. Interesting. And uh, I joined as their eighth member. Uh, really? So, wow. Yes. The thing was, I, I got this opportunity during my uh, fourth semester. That's uh, like this last semester. And I had to scramble. Like I was working out of New York. My college, uh, my classes were in Chicago. So uh, I picked Saturday classes and one independent learning. Uh-huh. So I used to fly every week from New York to Chicago. Wow. For my classes. <laughs> Just to it get was... a reference, because I, I've never been to the US. How, what what kind of um, distance and what kind of time are we talking about here? So it's, it's, it's like one hour time difference. Okay. And uh, it's, okay. yeah, it's different times, you know, and uh, like four and a half hours flight. It's close to four and a half hours. So after completing my work on Friday, I'll directly go to the airport, take the flight, go to Chicago. Wow. Uh, and next day morning, I'll attend the class. I'll stay with my uh, friend in the room and Saturday night, uh, uh, I will take the flight and come back on Sunday morning. That is some serious <laughs> dedication. <laughs> yeah. And especially that course was uh, that I wanted to spend that much time for that course because that professor was like extremely, extremely uh, good. 
and uh, the learning in the class was also pretty uh, impressive because as i mentioned the diversity of that particular class was amazing like i had uh, someone from uh, us navy mm. another one was journalist and one director of product and uh, like two guys from design and one guy from like different that diversity actually is what actually uh, actually it, it it taught me a lot of things during my uh, time uh, during my mba i would say wow wow that's really interesting no is that something you had known before you went did you speak to some people uh, maybe some alumni or something and gotten some reference that your experience will be in such a manner or or did you actually just go with an open mind i just went with an open mind and uh, so the thing is i ended up picking up courses where i found there is a lot of diversity so one thing is i wanted to be in the course so there they actually give you one week to so you can actually go and uh, sit in the class mm. to see how the classes so that uh, i went and uh, sat in each and every class and i picked classes where uh, i found the the diversity is pretty good so i didn't i basically i didn't go for any particular uh, specialization as such so mm-hmm. i ended up doing uh, mba in general management so uh, but the thing is uh, it is because i picked up all the courses from different specialization where uh, the diversity is good and the mm-hmm. type of people where i uh, where i'm going to my peers are really good so that's why i ended up getting general management but the learning i got over there uh, due to this diversity and the kind of people is like immense nice nice that's really good that, that's really that's really dedication <laughs> great so you joined sprinkler and you were the eighth member how mm-hmm. how quickly did the company grow in front of your own eyes so we started with zero funding mm. and i was i was at sprinkler for close to two and a half years mm-hmm. and uh, we got 5 million 10 million 15 million now the company is valued at 1.6 billion so yeah. some serious unicorn uh, based out of new york right so and uh, we acquired one company based out of gurgaon to uh, help us uh, with the implementation and development product development mm. so and i got an opportunity to directly work with the ceo cmo and um, so it's it's kind of a amazing learning working with uh, raji who's the C- ceo and murli who's the cmo right yeah so initially uh, the, and how they've built the sales team to start with so they initially got like couple of uh, like key customers and then they built the sales team and based on all the incoming requests they how they shaped the product and it's kind of amazing learning uh, working in that environment yeah i can really imagine so how 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 big or small was the product team so initially uh, it was very very small like mm. we never a product team to start with so i was hired to uh, like build their support operations nice and eventually i ended up doing some product work there so i um, because raji as a ceo and he had a very good context on the social media management and he had a good context uh, by talking to multiple clients so by working with him i was able to identify a lot of um, features and uh, the vision that he was trying to get into uh, with this product right 
and uh, with support operations where I was managing. So I was able to understand all kind of key issues what the customers are raising. Hmm. So eventually I was tried, I was able to bridge the ga- gaps together and ultimately was able to give some good suggestions and uh, uh, feedback and build some strategy for the product. So that's how I ended up uh, on the product side. But I always wanted to uh, do product management, which was... Mm. So as soon as I uh, completed my one year in MBA and I actually made up my mind that I wanted to do product management. So that's the reason... I spent extra money in doing like pragmatic marketing certification, which is specific for product management. Yeah. And uh, so product pragmatic marketing focuses on the strategic side of product management. Mm. And I ended up doing agile scrum owner, which is more of a tactical and execution uh, of product management. So I was pretty much clear when I was done with my MBA that I wanted to be a product manager, right? The, and this opportunity actually gave me uh, an immense learning and uh, it actually helped me uh, to think as a product manager mm. and working with the CEO directly gave, okay, how to think about a product, how to bring in the customer perspective, how to uh, have a vision, how to have a strategy and how to execute, right? So you can't only have short-term vision and uh, you can't execute on the short-term benefits but how to have a long-term vision and uh, execute for short-term. So that's kind of a learning which I got uh, when I was at Sprinkler. Yeah, very interesting. So so basically what you're saying is you actually started off, um, I guess like any startup, you actually start off trying to do a lot of things because in a startup, I don't think they have the capacity to say, hey, you do only product, right? Yeah. Um, because it's, it's a startup. You actually get yes. your hands dirty in pretty much everything. But then slowly your focus went towards product, mainly because of the need uh, of the business, plus also your interest that really helped Yes, you. yes. And and people were also open there. Mm. And uh, even when I joined, I told uh, Murali, who was the CEO over there, telling Murali, I want to do product management. He said, okay, I understand, but you start with this. So, yeah. that's, how, <laughs> so that's how I started. Like for uh, for a year or so, I was doing uh, support operations management. And then later I uh, moved in and uh, I had a good, it was like working in support operations actually gave me an immense understanding of the uh, product and uh, how it is being used because I heard a lot of issues from the customers, right? So then I was able to actually transition into the product management role yeah absolutely no i'm not surprised at all the question i had was but how did you know that's the best decision for you i mean because on one hand you have a startup like sprinkler which which Mm -hmm. may or may Mm -hmm. not exist and plus you know tomorrow like any startup and your your role of product management is not something you are offered right now versus yeah. you know you have more established companies like the googles and the amazons um and the microsofts which which also now these are the companies which you know for certain that they do have product management function and they're yeah. bigger so did you did you ever have the trade off in your mind that you know should i take my chances in a startup which could go bust or should i mm-hmm. actually try for more established companies I had uh, that dilemma. So the first point was when I was trying for large companies, the role, um, the thing was most of the companies were offering more of a business analyst role. Mm. Because 
I'm not coming from Stanford or like Harvard, right? So that is something which I wanted to uh, keep in perspective as well. And most of the companies were offering me like business analyst role, mm. which I didn't want to go. I see. The second point was uh, when I saw Sprinkler, there are two things I saw. One, Raji is out of uh, like he had a solid exit before starting Sprinkler. Uh-huh. Right. So that way he had uh, a good understanding of how to run a company and uh, how to exit the company. Right. And this the thing is, it's a very early stage and uh, Facebook and uh, Twitter and everything was actually booming at that point. And he was starting a social media management company for enterprises. Hmm. So and his vision uh, actually gave me something. I don't know. Internally, it said, OK, hey, this might be a successful startup. Right. And uh, my discussion with Murali, who was a CEO also, he he actually explained the vision and he said, OK, you have an opportunity to explore other roles. Uh, so that flexibility also gave me uh, a good confidence in the company. And uh, yeah, it's one thing was I basically uh, what I've seen is the experience that you gain in a startup and the learning that you gain in a startup i think it will be much more than uh, what you gain in a large company so that is also something which i wanted to uh, try out and um, yeah i took it as part of a learning i said okay yeah. why not take yeah. this and oh, and <laughs> That's really interesting. No, that's really interesting. And and the other question I had was, um, you know, after your MBA, now obviously you're joining a startup. Um, mm -hmm. in, I'm pretty sure things in 2011 were very different than things now. Now everyone wants to go to a startup, right? Because of, yeah, of yeah. the it's it's a trend. But back in 2011, was it popular for MBAs to go into startups? So yeah, as I mentioned, right, people were okay to get into a larger companies in a role which like business analyst or those kind of role where mm. they just will do analysis right but i actually like most of there are few of my friends who were based out of silicon valley so uh, i mm. just spoke to them and they were actually giving me this kind of a hint okay hey if you get an opportunity try with a startup right i see so because uh, I, so that kind of a discussion actually set that up and yeah. uh, i also wanted to be part of uh, um, the startup ecosystem and especially in new york where the number of startups was not that great at that point in time in 2011 mm. and even this sprinkler it was started in 2007 and the company was there for like four years and i, I thought okay why not try this and they were they were trying to scale and yeah it, i thought I, I will take that as a learning and uh, based on my conversation with the friends they said okay hey this must be a good opportunity why don't you go and be a part of the startup or early stage startup so i just said okay let me go and be there that's that's nice. how I took it. Yeah. nice very nice how much of your um, mba were you able to take to the startup <laughs> just curious I would say, at least in the initial stage, we never bothered about anything. We just yeah. wanted to just do things. That's it. So just get things done. And one of the favorite saying of uh, of Raji is, own the outcome. Mm -hmm. So he'll say, hey, if the customer is not happy, just make the make the, and uh, fix things and own the outcome and make sure the customer is happy. So we were 
only point is customers, customers, customers. Yeah. So that's what we had in our mind. And um, yeah, at least in the startup stage, I would say it's just getting things done. Yeah. So there's no, uh, the strategy ends at the top two level. I think they will just finish. Okay, they will just build the vision and uh, you just need to execute. Uh, yeah, fair enough. Perfect. Good, good, good. That's that's really good to know. Okay, great. So so from Sprinkler, so why did you leave Sprinkler? It, it was going so well. <laughs> oh, I had my um, so personal issues, so I had to come to India. I see. So from uh, there, so that's when you moved from the US to India. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So after completing two and a half years, I moved to uh, Sprinkler, Bangalore. So uh-huh. Bangalore, uh, Sprinkler had an office in Bangalore. So I moved here. But one thing I felt was I didn't feel, I didn't get that vibe. I was getting uh, in the US where we had the customer uh, account management team, we had the support team, we had like the leadership team and we had the sales team. So that vibe was not there. So here it was the company when you came to India. So it was close to 100. Yeah, it was already a big team. Uh, And most of the most of the yeah, it, it just grew. Yeah. And especially the sales are uh, grew, account management team grew. So the gr- growth happened there. And also India, uh, Bangalore, we had uh, like infra team and uh, QA team. Mm-hmm. So when I came here, I was actually losing a lot of the customer touch points. Mm. So as a product manager, you need to have a lot of customer touch points because you uh, you are supposed to be the voice of customer, right? Yeah. So if you're not really talking to uh, the customer, then that means you can't do a lot of justice to the job. So that's when I decided, okay, I will move out of Sprinkler. And I was uh, looking for jobs and yeah, then I got an opportunity with 24-7. And they were also building a similar uh, social chat and social sharing and all those kind of app because... 24-7 24-7 is known to be uh, a, a BPO company hmm. and they carved out their own innovation labs, which is more of a product org. And again, there they were investing a lot on data and uh, machine learning for building bots and chatbots and stuff. So that actually pushed me there. And uh, when we were trying to build in this social um, offerings, where with Airtel and there are a lot of companies who twenty four seven has uh, as their clients, and uh, we were trying to give them that social sharing and how people can share their shop, purchase to their network and those kind of in, uh, features that we were providing to uh, the retail companies. I see. I didn't realize this twenty four seven has like four thousand plus employees, so it's massive. Yeah, out of this four thousand employees, only. 300 are part of this innovation labs. Ah, I see. The rest are all like call center uh, BPO employees. I see, I see, I see. So they already have a, already had a, they have a massive cash cow, right, uh, in the BPO. And mm. they were just trying to uh, do a lot of innovation. And uh, they were trying a lot of automation um, through uh, this innovation labs. Yeah. Because they have like enormous amount of data and they can crunch it and they can build whatever they want right so that's the reason why they started this innovation labs yeah i see i see so from there you moved to flipkart which must be really exciting for you being in india absolutely like 
it is kind of the pace of the org is totally different, right? Yeah. So it's like very fast. So that is one of the massive uh, advantage I had, right? So when I joined, um, it was still a, I would say it was still a pretty medium-sized org, not like uh, mm. how it is today. Yeah. And I spent close to two and a half years at Flipkart as well. And uh, I moved uh, at least three offices in the mm. meantime, like we grew and I was, uh, I moved to three offices and um, the pace of the August, like, like it's, I would say supersonic. They like, just want to get things done so fast. Right. Yeah. And, um, how big was yeah, Flipkart when you joined? So, um, we had close to 30 product managers. Wow. Okay. So is that the first time you were actually working with that many peers of yes. product managers? Absolutely. Yes. Nice. But the, pro- but, but the good thing with Flipkart is it's kind of fragmented, mm. right? There is supply chain, there is consumer facing uh, apps and stuff, and there is uh, seller uh, marketplace. Yeah. So each, if you see each uh, on its own is a separate org. And uh, there, they used to have only like few PMs. So it's more of a mm. org within the org kind of a structure. So that actually, if you if you put together, it's more of kind of uh, those many PMs. But uh, within the org, if you see, it was still like like very few PMs. I see. I see. Interesting. Mm. So how was that experience? How how was the experience at Flipkart as compared to any other product management you did earlier than that? Uh, it is complete experience, right? So if you see, uh, say, Sprinkler, it's more of a SaaS product yeah. where we will allow people to uh, add their social accounts and then they can engage. So that's the end of it, right? So we can build a lot of features on top of it. But if you see Flipkart, it's more of an end-to-end uh, uh, company. So mm. there is a buying, there is procurement, there is invoicing. So each and everything on its own is a big product so that is on the retail side and that is on the marketplace side you have so it's it's from procuring from the seller to getting it to the customer mm. so it's a huge pipeline of uh, uh, retail and e-commerce that the company was trying and uh, the scale was massive I see. Very interesting. But on the other hand, how about your role? Your role also must be so different across the different companies, right? Because in Sprinkler, yeah. in Sprinkler, in fact, your role might touch upon other functions, which um, you may not necessarily have to touch upon as a product manager. But in Flipkart, I think you are you you are like the master of your function because you have so many yeah. supporting roles around you. Yeah, especially uh, at Sprinkler, my role was to uh, talk to the customers, be uh, like sit with account executives and talk to the sales team, engineering team. So it was, the team was pretty small. So I had multiple touch points, right? So uh, at Flipkart, I joined the catalog and uh, marketplace team. Mm -hmm. So that team, uh, the, the the function of that team is to ensure the quality of the catalog is good. Like whatever sellers are, whatever the customers are seeing is right. And you have to give enough feedback to the sellers telling, hey, you have to give uh, right uh, amount of data so that your products can sell. Yeah. Right. 
So it's a you need to have a good balance because you cannot go and ask seller for too many things, then they will not come to Flipkart. At the same time, you cannot uh, leave so much information, otherwise the customer customer will not buy. So, <laughs> so it was kind of a uh, tricky role, and uh, like I had to answer both seller side, telling, uh, hey, how can you ease the seller listing uh, uh, process? And also on the customer side, they will say, hey, this catalog does not have enough information, right? So the thing was to ensure the catalog quality. So that's where. Uh, this machine learning and automation and all those things came into play because we had a massive uh, operations team mm -hmm. who had to go through each and every seller listing to clear or like suggest some changes to the seller, right? So uh, I, I was responsible for uh, automating uh, like most part of that through uh, like rules and say, for example, there are a few things which are, we have done on the machine learning side as well to ease out the operational uh, pain or costs. Yeah. And even we tried crowdsourcing uh, mm. to some extent. Uh, so I, I actually tried crowdsourcing as well. So one thing at Flipkart is you can try mm. anything you want and uh, you have the license to go for it. So that normally in all, not many big organizations, you have that uh, flexibility. Yeah. And uh, so that's that's one thing which is very good with uh, Flipkart. If you want to try out something, you can really try out. And uh, it's more of a fail, fail fast kind of an approach that uh, Flipkart takes. Yeah, it's very interesting. I think I think that's that's how most product first companies are, right? I mean, that that's how most of the innovative product companies are. So it's very good to see that, that in India as well, Flipkart is really leading the way in that aspect. Yeah, absolutely. I think Flipkart... Uh, has been pioneering this product management as a function. Yeah. And, uh, it has set up kind of a, um, what is it, center of excellence of all product managers. Like it is developing a lot of product managers uh, even today. And yeah. Where do you think that inspiration comes from? Mm, you mean to, for Flipkart? Yeah, or, for Flipkart yeah. to actually, uh, you know, invest um, in some good practices of product management. Um, do they have like, I, I don't know much about the history of Flipkart, but mm -hmm. do they have like someone on the executive uh, board or executive level that has really good experience in product management everywhere in different companies or something? So actually it started with uh, Sachin and Vinny, right? So mm -hmm. if you see Sachin is more of a visionary mm -hmm. and Vinny is more of an execution guy. Mm -hmm. So they both actually, if you put them together, they are a product manager together, right? Mm. So, and they had a very good exec team to start with. Uh, and those guys brought in some initial product management thought. And then recently they have uh, gotten another uh, set of executives who have like extremely, uh, extremely good experience across top companies, um, Microsoft, Yahoo, and those companies, and they are now forming the middle layer, the leadership, product leadership layer. And so it is good for uh, guys like me, uh, who is looking up to these leaders, and they have already spent close to 13 years in Microsoft, or like, like 12 years in Yahoo, doing product management, right? So they actually trickle those best practices for product management. Yeah. And the thing is, these guys bring in the best practices for product management and the founders and the 
the founding team brings in the uh, rigor and uh, the fail fail fast approach so if you put that together it is actually they are uh, making each and every product manager as a potential entrepreneur in itself right mm-hmm. so you have the good understanding of uh, product management and you can also try things out so that's and even flipkart actually uh, people after going out of flipkart I've, i i know many people have started their own company so it is actually good to see i think they are uh, they are actually giving back to the startup ecosystem yeah and there are a lot of startup that's coming out of uh, flipkart as well that's really nice that's really nice it's really interesting to see that uh, you were part of uh, the seller catalog i think we should catch up offline <laughs> uh, because Absolutely. last year i was uh, until last year i was running a side business where i was actually selling a product on the amazon marketplace <laughs> okay okay <laughs> so nice. it's really interesting i was considering starting on flipkart but i was too um, uh, cautious of the indian consumer mindset and buying products but yeah i think i think it'll be good to uh, dig your brains a little bit more on that <laughs> absolutely absolutely yeah cool great so so until last year you were actually at flipkart and then you moved on to linkedin which i'm sure was um, uh, an amazing opportunity that came by so Uh, what, what prompted the move was it uh, linkedin um that inspired you or did you get tired of something at flipkart <laughs> it's not about getting tired of flipkart because it's always it keeps your energy up uh, being at flipkart uh, but the other thing was at flipkart uh, uh, where i was managing the catalog quality and uh, stuff so where i've seen that for quite some time and um, i just wanted to try out something uh, different mm-hmm. but i didn't want to move a lot away from this machine learning and stuff mm. i wanted to still use that so then linkedin presented this opportunity where and linkedin has got multiple content right its messages mm-hmm. and there are like you know, feed and you have groups and all that stuff and so the the spectrum is pretty uh, big so i just wanted to give it a try so and most of my uh, decisions have been more like okay let me give it a try so that's that's how i always moved and uh, this one is like similar i just wanted to move so that i thought the challenges will be pretty uh, big here yeah yeah very interesting so so right now you're linkedin um how how is the product management experience at linkedin that you're seeing as compared to some of the product management experience you have in india mm-hmm. uh, and and as compared to maybe the product management experience in new york are there uh, are there what are the similarities and what are the differences across the different roles and different concepts of product management now that you've been across so many companies doing the same thing Mm-hmm. yeah so one thing is uh, even uh, when i was at new york and also uh, even at when i was at flipkart right so one good thing i was was uh, it was like i was always close to my peers all my peer pms mm-hmm. were uh, with me and whatever decisions or whatever discussions we had we used to have uh, uh, so we used to have it in a room right yeah so and the learning was pretty high like peer learning was pretty high uh this role it's more of a, a global pm based out of india where all my peers are based out of us yeah so that is one thing which i feel uh peer learning is something which is uh, missing 
uh, but all companies have their own processes and uh, as i mentioned um at sprinkler it is more of hey do do things fast so that customers can uh, see the features fast and flipkart also had their processes and uh, this approach <clears throat> and linkedin also has its own processes hmm. um so that way it is i am learning a lot of new processes at linkedin and it has been there for some time and uh, they have some robust product management processes and uh, apart from that if you see from the uh, execution and day to day uh, perspective like i have a good engineering team based out of bangalore and i have my own uh, machine learning team so it's more of i am having the freedom to use this team and try different things Mm. at linkedin so that way it is more like oh even one of my peer uh, back in the us he was telling hey you have a company on your own of your own right so you have uh, so many engineers and so many machine learning scientists who are, so you can try out stuff so that way it is pretty good so i can do different things i can try out multiple things and uh, i can do things much faster than maybe what they are doing it uh, in the us right Absolutely I think I think that was something I found really interesting because when I like I was mentioning at the beginning of the show and before we started I yeah. actually thought you're a part of the LinkedIn India team but that's when you corrected me saying you're a part of the LinkedIn global team so why would LinkedIn hire someone based out of India for their global mm-hmm. team So initially uh there is there is still an india product team which mm-hmm. is focusing on india growth mm-hmm. uh, initiatives like they have ra- launched new apps uh, for link- india specific apps but this particular uh, role i think uh, what happened was they have set up their trust and security team from india so mm-hmm. this team actually started it and uh, the team actually grew the engineering team grew and the machine learning team grew and they had a product manager based out of us and obviously the remote uh, engineering and product management will like it had its own challenges mm-hmm. so they wanted to have some uh, 1 pm who's based out of india to manage all these initiatives so that's how i got in so it actually started as a tech uh, center of excellence and later it actually converted into a whole product or I see I see interesting very interesting so so that means your conversations um are are quite a lot with the global team Yes so yeah I used to spend like um enormous amount of time during nights uh, on call um with my peers and other teams uh, based out of US Yeah absolutely so now that you know it's it's been 6 years since you finished your MBA and and you moved across to different roles I think now it's worth asking the question how much of the MBA knowledge and learnings have you been able to take forward uh, in in your you know journey so far and what are some of the key you know aspects that you still appreciative of <laughs> that you actually yeah. got during your MBA So I would say um like two or three I would say mm-hmm. one thing is putting things into perspective like as a product manager I cannot work on a particular area of my interest or whatever i'm working on i need to think from the broader perspective of the entire linkedin business like how whatever i'm doing is impacting the uh, business as such and mm-hmm. uh, putting things into perspective so that actually came from my mba so 
prior to that, I was uh, an engineer and I was just doing whatever I was given. But I, this MBA taught me this overall objective, uh, this uh, like how can I fit into the overall picture of this business. So that's something which uh, I believe it came from MBA. Interesting. And the second part is with respect to uh, learning angle, as I mentioned, I went with kind of an open mind uh, for my MBA and I just, more of it, uh, my curiosity, keep yourself curious and look for opportunities. And actually that was, I, I, I would attribute that to my uh, MBA. And even today, I am always uh, keeping my eyes and ears open for any new technology and upskilling myself and always keep yourself uh, uh, up to date uh, on technology and so reading different magazines. So, so that actually is, uh, I would attribute it to my uh, MBA. So even whenever I'm, as a, as a product manager, when I'm trying to do some uh, building a vision for my product, it is actually very important uh, to understand what is going around me. And if I can pick something which is important or the new trend that I can incorporate into my product, I think that is more valuable as a product manager and building a vision for a product. Mm-hmm. And putting that in the bigger picture of the company, that is also very important. And that gives you an uh, that, that gives you kind of a, a sense of ownership that you have to deliver something and it will impact company uh, in XYZ way. Yeah. Yeah, that's very cool. That's really good to know. Cool. So, so Karthi, what's next for you? <laughs> um, your LinkedIn, it hasn't been that long since you started, of course. But where do you see your career taking you? Where do you see your journey taking you? So, um, there are, basically, as I mentioned, there are a few areas which I... So, I after five years, I feel like I'll be having my own company. So, that's that's the end goal that I'm looking at so i want to start my own company but in which area or industry i don't know Mm -hmm. so one thing might be uh, i'm I'm more interested in agri agri tech because uh, i feel like interesting yeah yeah so i'm actually keeping my uh, eyes open uh, for that particular sector maybe something that might Mm -hmm. come out Nice. I mean, what, 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 what? Are there, are there any interesting concepts of agri tech in India right now? Nothing. So the thing is, even if you see, there are a lot of uh, farmer suicides and all those things are going on, and uh, I feel there is a lot of things that's possible in the overall agri uh, area. Yeah. And I like there is there is farm bot and all this kind of stuff that's coming up uh, in the US. And um, even the labor is a problem in India where you are not able to uh, get laborers for managing your uh, farm because due to urbanization, people just migrate from villages to uh, urban areas. Uh, So getting labor is a problem. And um, yeah, so how can we, is there a way where we can solve this problem? Is there a way we can, uh, so that is something which I'm, interested in and yeah yeah i think i think it's really interesting and i think i think we should definitely um connect more on that it's, it's really funny because uh, my wife is actually really passionate about that area as well awesome and both of us have spoken about that in the past that because because right like, now both of us uh, are, are in london 
but we definitely had mm-hmm. intentions of returning to India uh, okay. at, at some point of time in the near future. So both of us keep talking about it a lot. And um, her family, she's really connected to the agriculture and the farming side because her family is from Madurai. Um, oh, okay. So they're quite... Um, you know, uh, close to um, the rural areas of India as compared to I am. <laughs> so oh, okay. she's definitely passionate. So I think after that, we should definitely connect and see if there's any opportunity for the future. <laughs> sure. Even even I was telling my wife, my uh, I clearly told her my next investment will be like, I want to buy like three acres of land. Huh. <laughs> and uh, maybe I'll try out. I'll just understand what uh, agri means and how people do agriculture today. Because earlier, my like forefathers, my grandfather and my great grandfather had some land, mm. and um, yeah, finally they sold it. But the thing is, I wanted to understand, okay, what it is and what are all the problems people are facing today, and so maybe we'll yeah. be coming up with some kind of a solution for some of the problems, maybe not all. Yeah, correct. It's very interesting because um, I can also put you. So, so one of my wife's cousin actually, mm-hmm. he he did his MBA from IAM. Okay. Uh, he started his career in real estate, but then he okay. got so sick and tired of it that he actually quit everything, and now he has a farm of his own. Yeah, same thing with my with my friend as well. So he was working ah. for TCS, and he quit, and he has taken over his uh, grandfather's farm, and uh, he's now full time into uh, farming. Amazing. Amazing, yeah. and this so, this person. Uh, I'm just yeah. yeah, I'm just asking him for what are the problems that you are facing, and what do you think can solve so there are it's so there are uh, agree doesn't end with only farm right mm. that is like uh, procurement how can we help uh, farmers to sell correct and how can we uh, help them in growing more so there are a lot of technology uh, that can come in and help farmers in those areas so it doesn't mean like i have to buy a farmland and do farming it's more like i can enable farmers to do better farming correct that's also uh, a problem yeah that correct solve. absolutely and and the reason i was mentioning is because you know if you want to do any user research i can put you in touch with this guy so he's okay. he's actually running a banana plantation now uh in mysore oh. so you know at any point of oh. time and he lives in bangalore by the way so you know it's it's okay. you can always um catch up with him and understand if, if what kind of challenges they're facing but yeah it's it's becoming a small world now we have absolutely. like so common interests. Yeah, yeah, absolutely, man. Yeah, <laughs> perfect. Yeah, you I can think... put them, uh, put them uh-huh. in touch. So I'll, I'll talk to you. Absolutely, yeah. I think I think we'll uh, connect after this and and work out these um, logistic bits. Perfect. I mean, this has been awesome. amazing. This this um, I've, I've actually literally gone way beyond what I initially thought, but I think we had a good um, conversation. The one question which I'll ask you, which I pretty much ask every guest, is what is the one thing you wish I had asked you? Uh, maybe mm, I, I, I I really don't know maybe one thing I can say is uh, I really don't know man <laughs> <laughs> or maybe you know maybe maybe anything that uh, you really wish that you know you, you'd come on the show and something that you really want to share especially the fact that I know we spoke about so many things but the fact that if there's a prospective MBA applicant who's listening to this, you know, what are some of your top tips and advice that you would really want to give to them? Yeah. So one thing I can talk about is my, about the survival during MBA. 
like it is more of it's it, it was actually very a very very tough time uh, as i mentioned like okay i got scholarship for my education but hmm. i had only limited budget to survive during that uh, one and a half two years right so uh, one thing i can tell us uh, i took each and every opportunity that came on my way uh, to at least do some work so even as uh, i do even as ta or whatever it is and uh, the college hmm. and also uh, once i was uh, like they just invite they just like i was there part of some ztv stall in a marathi conference so i was there for a day where they paid me 100 so actually uh, it makes uh, even though you feel like okay you have done your b mba and all the stuff it gives you that sense of uh, gratefulness and uh, it makes you humble that hey it, the world is this and there are people who are still doing that kind of job right so you know the struggle you have to go through uh, that day like i i was standing running the entire day in that stall and uh, i it was it was painful job and mm. it, uh, it it gives you that hum, uh, humility and stuff so actually i think the survival aspect right people should be open and uh, people should take whatever chances they get and even though they are not learning anything academically but it will be a great life learning i would that's something which i will share <laughs> Yeah, absolutely. No, I I think I think that that sentiment really carried forward for you, right? Because it's not absolutely. just um it's 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 a humility part which you mentioned and I guess that you having an MBA and working in a startup and actually getting your hands dirty and since then, you know, you've literally been more uh, involved in getting product built from scratch um as compared to yes. the aura of privilege that a lot of MBAs really pass out with. <laughs> yes, yes. i think yeah that that's really important and it keeps us grounded that's that's <laughs> what i can say yeah absolutely absolutely perfect karthik this has been amazing i'm i'm sorry i've kept you for so long i know you're in india no and it's like yeah. way beyond not way, it's it's past midnight now isn't it what time is it yeah it's close to 12:45 oh my god yeah that's not we cool. started oh, yesterday yeah. <laughs> <laughs> i know <laughs> it's taken a whole day to talk <laughs> perfect karthik thanks a lot for your time today really appreciate it um, awesome and if people want to know more about you and get in touch with you what do you suggest linkedin yeah of course <laughs> absolutely awesome. I'll, i'll include your link in the show notes as well Cool. Yeah. Thanks. Thanks, Avinash. Thanks for having me and uh, like uh, getting me to share my experiences. No worries. No worries at all. Really appreciate. Thank you. Take care. Bye bye. Awesome. Yeah. Thank you. Bye. Thank you for listening to the MBA Jam. Now it's time for you to take action. Head over to the MBAJam dot com to listen to more episodes and discover great resources.